Oh, I guess we didn't even realize the show started. Don't worry, don't worry. This is the pre-show. This is this is the pre-show to the pre-show. Like we gotta figure, we we figured out we have to get some kind of pre-show going on before the show actually starts. Get get a couple of you peoples in here. We got the NBA game in the back. Just to let you know. The who's it gonna be Timberwolves versus the Pelicans. T Pelicans are sitting early in the season, seven and six. Timberwolves sitting early in the season was five and nine. Uh, we'll see who comes away. If you've been following with the association, then you know that then you know that the Timberwolves have finally made some moves. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later on the show. We're gonna talk about whatever's going on with Camilla Anthony and them. Fuck it, got a gang up on my boy. Fuck is wrong with y'all cats. The show starts in about two minutes. You know what? Let's add something in here that we haven't put in here in a while. There we go. There we go. Don't worry about the share this one last time with those good folks. time we have left uh oh we have a matter of seconds left i hope you guys are ready for the show i hope you guys are ready for the show like we're gonna live right now don't miss the action Let's see, you got some people tuning in on the website already. How about them cowboys? Screw your cowboys. How about that? Catch me outside. Yeah, you heard it. <clears throat> How about them cowboys? Them cowboys fans, I swear you guys have some nerves. Next, I'm going to catch slack for all you Heat fans. I don't want to hear nuns of it. None of it whatsoever. Uh oh. Let's go. We're still on the show in less than 10 seconds, folks. Hope you guys are ready. Hope to see you on the other side of the moon. And five. And four. And three. And two. And one. Hope to see you on the other side of the moon. Welcome back. We're here with season four of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Toma Taylor, and I've been conversing with the mad podcaster. And quite frankly, he's very mad. We're going to try to find out why, so we'll take some questions from one of our live Twitter followers. Yes, ma'am. Please state your name and where you're from. Hi, my name is Felicia, and I'm from Hialeah, and I just don't understand why you're so mad. Like, what are you so mad about? 
Yo, first of all, first of all, you can't be asking me no questions. You know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, who the fuck is you? You know uh, what I mean? Me. Like, yeah, you can't be asking me no questions. This yeah, I'm gonna tell you where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I'm at. Like, like they, like these hosts out there, they in these million dollar studios, they dropping hot takes. You know what I mean? They got tea, they got all that shit. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, language. I'm still living with my moms. I'm making podcasts. I ain't made no money yet. This my fourth season, yo. This my fourth season, and I ain't made a dime yet. This dude dropped one take. He make wild shows. That cold pizza show, it was cool it was i i mean i got more john blaze than that i mean i got john blaze taste and and they're not even recognizing they're not even recognizing <laughs> the fuck is that yo yo who is you to be asking me question yo who is you i got to talk i got to tell how i feel i got to talk about sports how i see it this goes out to you this goes out to you and you and you this was out to you. This was out to you. This was out to you. And you and you. Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, Omar Dillon. You know who I am. I am the only dude that you know with fire in his beard and thunder in his voice, making every single take. My team! Back at it like another sports fanatic. You know we have the whole slate filled up for you today. You know where we at. We're right here in the Mighty Studios, down here in South Florida. I'm going to do it with 73 degree weather. It's November 14th. Believe it or not, we have Thanksgiving right around the corner. And guess what? If Thanksgiving is right around the corner, then guess what? Christmas is but we even gonna get into that. We got a lot. We gotta talk about Le'Veon Bell. We gotta talk about Draymond Green and Durant, Jimmy Butler, Camilla Anthony, the NBA, the picks, the fantasy football. We gotta talk about it all. But you know what I say? Regardless of the time, take that, take that, take that. And regardless of the weather, hello. You play to win the game. It's always a good time to talk some sports. So let's start talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. Listen. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am about to have a sports mental breakdown. Have you guys not seen what has happened this past week? Seriously, I can't even go any further. I can't go any further. First of all, first of all, I want to say we want to give a quick moment of silence. But I want to give you guys a quick moment of silence. A quick moment of silence for Stanley, rest in peace to Stanley. So, guys, take one with me. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Listen, man, I had to take the time out to give some dedication to Stanley because you have to understand, right, that. At this point in my stage, right? Well, as, as, as any, as any, as any warm-blooded 
white male. You have to figure, right? Like, and and I don't, I don't want to say warm-blooded male. We, 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 we're gonna put the standard male in here, right? Hey, I, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm, I'm probably, gonna, you know, fuck that, right? Let, let's take the general male that likes pussy, <laughs> and let's 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 put him on stage for a second, right? I know this is in sports, right? But we have to we have to pay respect where respects is due when iconic figures pass. Yeah, let's put let's give some respect where respect is due, right? Put any male out there, put any male figure out there, and you have to figure. They usually live in one of three, if not all three, fantasy worlds, right? And is you, and they're usually influenced by somebody. I'm, you want to know what those fantasy worlds are? Do you do, do you want to know what those fantasy worlds are? Well, the first one comes very very young, and it's the one that Stanley was responsible for. That superhero, superwoman. You understand that, that that larger than life, you know, want to save the world kind of figure. Like that's the first fantasy world you kind of get into as 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 a child or as a man, right? Men and women, as a person. I mean, we're gonna say some things, some things switch, but you know what? Just gonna play in both ways, right? Very next, very next. Like you understand, the very next one that would devastate me this bad as Stanley would be the passing of you, Hefner, because right after that. We all live like right in a sexual fantasy world, and at one point in time, we even wanted to be you Hefner on a Playboy bunny. Listen, we you know we know it's all truth. Like we all know that that is truth, and that and that is one hundred percent facts. So don't act like I'm over here spitting anything you know out of the ordinary. Now, after that. After you have no, now we're getting it. I'm not gonna talk about anybody passing. We're gonna take it to the into the third fantasy realm because we just talked told you into the superhero fantasy realm and then the sexual fantasy realm. The next one is usually like a sports fantasy realm where we kind of figure, well, you know what? We can't be superheroes, but we can work out enough to be athletic or be an athlete. And, and for a really long time, a lot of us think that we can make it into the NBA. Talk to all these kids, NBA, NFL, whatever. We we think that. So there was a third fantasy world. Now, who's responsible for the NBA is something completely different. We don't know. I don't know who would have to pass to the NBA for me to want to make me feel what I have, what what's going on with me between Stanley or if my boy you passes. But we have to give, we had to pay that respect because we can't just let this moment in pop history, this iconic moment in pop culture history, pass by without us at least putting talk of it. Come on, man! Like you understand? Like I, I'm still watching. Superhero shit to this day, right? We all ran out to go see Black Panther, did we not? Wakanda. Zumanda. Like, we all was there. We was all there. We knew about it. We all wish that we had Hulk hands to break through traffic. We all were there. You know what I mean? We all thought we, we could have psychic powers so we could know what the per other person of our interest was fucking thinking so we wouldn't have to fucking guess. We all was there. We all wish that we all had Manium fucking bones like, like fucking Wolverine so we wouldn't be all brittle and shit. You know what I mean? With all these fucking aches and pain. We was all there. We all wish that we could fly like fucking. And I know I'm mixing characters because I don't give a fuck who is who. I'm just talking about the superhero world. We've all been there. So Stan Lee deserves his respect. Stan Lee deserves a moment of silence. Stan Lee deserves our, our attention when he passes. Dude was dumb old, still having the time of his life. 
You understand? Until the very end, he was living his best life. You, you understand that? Like, I'm, like, seriously, do you understand that? His best life until the end. Just like you, Will. But, like I said, that's the respect portion of it. We still have, we still have a whole lot of sports to get into. So, first of all, first of all, first things first. The NFL is, <laughs> is really intriguing me right now. I'm gonna take a quick break. We gonna come back. We gonna go hard. Don't go anywhere. The ultimate in adult entertainment has arrived, and the place to experience it is at the all new and improved The Body Club. The Body Club. Formerly Club Secrets at 11340 Biscayne Boulevard. Seven days a week, we keep it popping. Like Make It Count Monday. Okay, so we're back, right? Quick break. NFL is funny to me, right? And it's funny to me because. I don't know if you guys understand what may be going on in the NFL. Think, think of what's been going on lately, of how the players have been completely disgusted with what's going on, how they're being treated, how, about, the, about kneeling, about how the president views them, about being lied to, about, about head trauma, about all of this, you know, for past players, all of this stuff going on for current players. And I don't even think you guys realize that what's going on in Pittsburgh may be the most intriguing thing of them all because Le'Veon Bell did not report to camp in time so that he could get paid one cent, just one cent from his current team this year. He has basically sat out long enough where he has basically forfeited his entire year's contract, partly because he says, you know what? I don't think it's worth what you guys are going to put me through to not work out something better. Remember this. I don't think it's worth what you guys put me through to not work out something better. This is what Le'Veon Bell is telling the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we, listen, don't get it twisted. We all see it. James Conn is getting the same amount of touches that Le'Veon Bell would have gotten. Technically running him to the ground. Technically doing great right now. We're going to praise him now, but we're going to devalue him in a couple of years. This is what Le'Veon Bell did not want to happen. Now, why is this important? Why is Le'Veon Bell making a big scene with the Pittsburgh Steelers important? in a general sense of the NFL. Besides the fact that Le'Veon Bell is literally look, going into their face and saying, I want just a little bit, just a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit of R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Just a little bit. I didn't even have to say, you heard the backup singers. Because I think I'm valued more. Now what Le'Veon Bell has shown, which you may not realize, what Le'Veon Bell has wholeheartedly shown is that he is willing 
to sit out for a whole entire season. You have to remember, the collective bargaining agreement is coming up pretty soon. Le'Veon Bell is one of the best players in the league. And why everybody always says it's always good for the it's always okay for or good for the people on top to always say that because they have some money already set aside for all about the people at the bottom. Well we see it already at the people at the bottom. The people at the bottom just coming into the NFL, these rookies, they are saying, hey, we need these contracts restructured or refurbished before we decide that we want to put our bodies on harm in harm's way for you guys. We see it already with the rookies coming out. You're seeing it with people on their first year contract. And now you see Le'Veon Bell say that, hey guys, look at me. It is nothing to sit out for a whole entire season and forfeit a whole year's pay to make sure that the NFL gives us what we deserve. Keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the NFL next time when they come up to the CBA because it's going to be interesting to see how many players are looking at like, well, you know what? Yeah, let's sit out for a whole year. How many players are saying like, you know what? We can sit out for a whole year. And let's see the NFL thrive. Let's see the NFL thrive. And listen, when they start talking about all oh, year they're being traded, blah, 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 just remember where that comes from. That comes from, that, 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 that comes from the good old boys in middle America. That doesn't come from the coast. That doesn't, that, that doesn't come from that doesn't come from real cities in America. You understand? Cities with real population and real diversity. It doesn't come from those kind of places. It comes from those kind of places. It comes from those kind of places that kind of have a blind eye to where pastors are touching people in church. Those are the kind of places that say that kind of shit. But yet, it's still there and it's still on the table. Le'Veon Bell. Sitting out for a whole year makes me really, 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 really interested to see how this next collective bargaining agreement. Because you see the discontent brewing, you see the discord, you see everybody mad at what at what's going on right now. You you see the tension brewing, and while the NBA is flourishing, you understand? Baseball is managing. You know what I mean, they're, like their television deals and, and and their bargaining agreements between their players and their umpires. That shit is great. NBA is getting there. Like great working relationship between management and the players. You understand between the owners and the players, between between the commissioner and the players. NFL tension everywhere you look, discontent everywhere you look. Mm -mm. This next collective bargaining is going to be interesting. Cause I'm gonna, cause what's going to be interesting is, is to really see if all these players that yap 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 is going to put their money where their mouth is. Like Le'Veon Bell just showed that he can, and he is very willing to do. And also, I want to see what are they willing to stand for, kneel for, sit out for when this collective bargaining agreement comes around. Because, you know, the owners, the, own, the NFL is good money for the, for the owners, but the owners still have other businesses they make money on. A lot of these players ain't make a lot of that off-field money. Now you see how important social media is and personalized branding becomes to some of these players. Now you see why the, why the NBA is doing what they're doing. We're going to shift a little bit of gears. Because, you know what? Le'Veon Bell didn't show up this week. But we still have last week's games to talk about, to go over, and to pick. Now last week, last week, last week. 
how did we do last week? That's that's the big question, right? How did we do last week? One loss, two loss, three losses, four losses, five losses, six losses, seven losses, folks. That's a lot of freaking losing. That is a lot of freaking losing. And it all started. It all started with Carolina being punched. I mean, literally. Some you like literally. Somebody standing over Devo talking about you just got knocked the fuck out. That was that Carolina Pittsburgh game. It looked like somebody came in there, took the big bad bully, hit him with a brick, and not a whole entire town is no longer scared of them. Carolina came into this game at, at, with a better record than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Granted, the, um, the Carolina Panthers are the traveling team on a Thursday night game, and we always see how that Thursday night game tends to roll. Let's see how that pattern follows when we watch Green Bay versus Seattle. So, when Tom Coughlin said, we're not this good, he wasn't joking. They're not that good. To beat the Carolina Panthers, 20, sorry, 42 to 21. They're not that good. They're not that good. Carolina Panthers fall to 6 and 3. The Pittsburgh Steelers improved to 6 2. And don't forget, they're one tie with the Cleveland Browns. Remember, he said it, not me. They're not that good. So, what happens now? This game, I don't know if you saw it. This game was retorted. This game was completely, completely abandoned. Came out early. Cam Newton throws a pick six. Like, you have a couple of three and outs. They get punched in the mouth. They're, they're up. They're dancing. And things start to get chippy. As Carolina always tends to do for some odd reason, regardless of who's on a Cam Newton, whoever's on Cam Newton's team, it always seems that he has somebody on his team that manages to get, to get an extra bit chippy when things aren't going well for his team. But this game was this game was a blowout from the start. 21-42, Pittsburgh Steelers. Got that game. Next up we had Washington versus Tampa Bay. And Washington has been what Washington has been what Alex Smith is. And that is a fairly consistent team. A team that when they're up, they're, they win. And when they're down, they can't come back. They don't make a lot of turnovers. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't make dumb passes. Alex Smith for three straight weeks goes exactly 178 yards. And those 178 yards was good enough to beat Tampa Bay 16-3. Let me repeat this. 178 yards was good enough from Alex Smith to beat Tampa Bay. You know why I'm repeating that? Because Fitzmagic put up 406 yards. No touchdowns for Tampa Bay. Two interceptions for Fitzmagic. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have decided for a second week to name Fitzmagic the starting quarterback over Jameis Winston. After he put up, a, after he didn't, didn't throw any touchdowns in his last game, threw two interceptions. But they, were, but they still went with Fitzmagic over Jameis Winston. It is over for Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. And you know what? This day couldn't have come sooner. T T Jameis Winston has been a bust from, from, from day one. We have, we, have, we have talked about this for a while now. We started talking about this last year. We're talk 
we started talking about it early this year that if it honestly came down to gameplay we don't think that James Winston should be keeping his job and as we see right now James Winston isn't keeping his job because listen in an losing effort Fitzgerald Fitzmagic Fitzgerald Fitzpatrick Fitzmagic is still putting up <laughs> is still putting up over 400 yards while you have James Winston struggling flat out struggling to put up 200 yards with this system you understand? Struggling to, 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 to get a 100-yard receiver out of, out of Deshaun Jackson or Mike Evans. Fitzpatrick could come out there any game and throw 400 yards. Make this team look exciting. Make this team look watchable. Make this team look like they can win a game. But yeah, James Winston can't. The team looks sluggish. They look slow. They look lethargic. They look unmotivated. They look like they've been grabbed by the pussy a little bit too much times with Jameis Winston's under the helm. But this is why we got Fitzmagic. And Fitzmagic is going to keep that job from here on out. Arizona takes on Kansas City. We picked Kansas City to win that game. That game ended with Kansas City being up 26-14. to Tyreek Hill getting 117 receptions. 117 yards and two touchdowns, I should say. And... Your boy Cannon Mahomes, nothing special. 249 yards. Honorable mention. This is another week that I don't even know if I really want to talk about what the fuck the Jets did on the court, on the field. And you guys, you guys know my mantra. You guys, you guys know my mantra that I really only get upset on games that I think that we should win. We, I say we because I'm a Jets fan. Look at it twisted. Jets, Knicks, Yankees. I'll never denounce those three teams. Those are my three teams. I got some love for the Mets. I got some. I like them to come out the National League all the time. I got some love for the Giants. I got, I got some love for the Giants. I would love for them to come out of the... NFC all the time. I got mad love for the Nets. Especially since they moved to Brooklyn. And I don't feel too bad about the Bills. Unless they're playing my Jets. And they're actually, believe it or not, playing both of them. So let's let's put this in perspective, right? Let's put this in perspective. As the New York Jets and the New York and the Buffalo Bills were playing, they were playing for the best record in New York. Let's not let us so let's put this in its proper perspective, right? Like, 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 like even though my Jets, like even though my New York J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets were playing horrifically. You understand? Even though they were playing, even though they played bad, and for another week, and for another week, I did not want to see them play. Let's not get it twisted. They were playing the Buffalo Bills to be the for the best record in New York. For the best team in New York. And they lost. And they tied. So now the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets are tied for the best team in New York. With a record of 3-7. and seven. Danger zone. Yeah. That's how good things have been looking in New York. That the New York Jets and the New York Giants 
will play for the best record in New York with a record of three and seven. When we come back from this break, we're going to finish up the rest of these picks. I'm not going to let the play of the Jets ruin the production of the rest of this podcast by bringing them up again. But I may have to do some bonus time just to cuss them the fuck out. That and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast. And when we come back, we're going to talk about it all. You ready to start drinking? You ready to start dancing you ready to start your weekend off like a boss then say no more give yourself the world treatment by partying with dj seven bar louis and boyton west of 95 off gateway at congress Thursday. luckies in downtown fort lauderdale Friday. so nice we had to go there twice capones in downtown fort lauderdale and that's not it from your Miami Heat DJ, whether it's birthdays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporate parties, or professional sporting events, DJ Scepter puts a royal touch on everything. And for reservations, just go to bookings at djscepter.com. That is B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S at djscepter.com. Oh yeah, we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, Alan Thomar Taylor. I'm still the only one that you know with finding this band under his voice, making sure that every single taste tastes mighty. I'm still that dude. We're still talking about those weak 10 picks. What we're not going to do is talk about those weak Jets game. We're going to move right on. We're going to move on to Jacksonville versus Indiana. Jacksonville versus Indiana, we actually pick Indiana to win that game. For one simple fact and one simple fact alone, we, we find it hard-pressed to, to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to win in the game without Leonard Fournette. That's number one. Completely changes up the whole dynamic of their team. Number two, the Indiana Colts, Indianapolis Colts, and, and Andrew Luck have been, probably been passing the ball more than any other team that I can remember in in history, somebody some amount, especially to get such little yardage out of it. Now this last time, this last time they did, they didn't they didn't pass that ball that many times. Twenty nine times. That was it for Andrew Luck. They they kept him down a little bit. He wasn't the man of the he wasn't the man of the hour when it came to the quarterback position. Believe it or not, Blake Bortles, three hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns. That's what that's what he did. Andrew Luck not so much. What Andrew Luck did do. It's fine, Eric Ebron a bunch of times. As I told you, we have the Minnesota New Orleans game on the background. This is Minnesota's first game without Jimmy Butler. And we'll talk about that in a few. So, the Indiana's win, 29-26. You're at home. We understand. Jacksonville Jaguars suck. Jacksonville Jaguars fall to 3-6. and six. Indiana, Indianapolis Colts improve to 4-5. and five. And to see if they can maybe, what, sneak a wild card, maybe? 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 Foul. Next up, we have Detroit versus Chicago. Cleo Mack was back. That's the reason why we picked that. We picked Chicago to win. Nothing more, nothing less. That's how they won. 
22. Mitchell Trubisky, 355 yards, three touchdowns. He gets 133 of those yards to Allen Robinson, another 122 of those yards to Anthony Miller. Robinson grabs two of those touchdowns. Miller grabs grabs another one. That's what Mitchell Trubisky gets all three of his touchdowns for. As Chicago goes on to win that game, 34-22. Next up, we had New Orleans versus Cincinnati. And once again... This was a this was a game that we that we not only thought that New Orleans was gonna win, we realized it was gonna be a blot the moment that we realized that Cincinnati no longer had AJ Green. And the moment that we realized that the, that the Cincinnati Bengals did not have AJ Green, it basically leaves them wide open for a good old fashioned ass whooping. And that is what they got as the Saints came marching in with a 51-14 victory. Engram gets 104 yards. New Orleans Saints improved to eight and one. And man, the end of the road is starting to look interesting. Next up, we have New Orleans taking it. We have New England, I should say, <clears throat> taking on the Tennessee Titans. Now, this is one of those sneaky games. This is one of those sneaky games. And I am going to have to do some research. I am going to have to do some research because, you know what? Blame me, because this, this actual thought actually popped in my head before, before earlier this week when I was when I was sort of the podcast doing the prep work for this. New England Patriots lose to the Tennessee Titans, ten to thirty-four. Julius Edelman, one hundred and four yards. Corey Davis for the Tennessee Titans, one hundred twenty-five yards and a touchdown. Former New England's running back. Lewis calls them a cheater, as we already knew that they were cheaters. So let me rephrase this. Julius Elliman cheats his way to 104 yards. As New England Patriots cheated themselves to a loss. 10 to 34. Listen, you can cheat in a loss. Because I'm gonna tell you something that's really weird. And I, and I don't know I don't know why this is, but I feel like I feel like every year we're talking about the Tennessee Titans beating the New England Patriots for some reason. Or giving them a hard time. But I want to say, every year the Tennessee Titans are sneaking up on the New England Patriots for some odd reason. Like, like, I wouldn't have been, like, I should have picked Tennessee to win this game. But you're looking at New England and you're like, you know what, New England's New England. New England is trying to improve at that point in time to 8-2. They're trying to stay on top of the AFC. They're trying to keep pace with Kansas City and Pittsburgh and these other teams that only have two losses. That doesn't happen that way. They lose. They fall to 7-3. Tennessee Titans and the Bible for who knows what the going to go on with them. Next up, we have Atlanta versus Cleveland. And Atlanta does basically shit the bed. They lost to Cleveland 60-28. Matt Ryan, even though he passed for 330 yards and two touchdowns, giving, you know, 107 goals and one touchdown to Julio Jones. Baker Mayfield was actually the star of that show, as he, as he may not have had the yardage for, but he put up three touchdowns to three different wide receivers, leading his team to a victory. Those, wide, those receivers, we're talking about... Nick Chubb, we're talking about Duke Johnson, and we're also talking about Higgins. Three different receivers, three touchdowns. That's a victory over a quality team in the Atlanta Falcons. Or a team that we keep thinking that should be a quality team in Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, as the Atlanta Falcons consistently, and I know it's not just me that thinks this, the Atlanta Falcons consistently disappoints us. I know it's not just me. They are very disappointed this year. For a team that has all of the weapons that they do, COVID, Riley, Jones, Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan, who is consistently put into that upper echelon of quarterbacks. Maybe not elite, but they always call him right outside of elite. 
all of these weapons. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see them doing what the Chargers are doing. I don't see them doing what the Steelers are doing. I don't see them doing what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. You know, said these are teams with comparable talent as, as what Atlanta Falcons have. Yes, that is the kind of talent the Atlanta Falcons have on their team. Because they have the kind of talent that the Chargers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Kansas City Chiefs have on their team. Yes, if a guy that's constantly considered one of the upper echelon quarterbacks in the league, Atlanta Falcons continue to not get it right. You know what I smell? You know what I smell? I smell fire. Because somebody's on their fucking hot seat. I don't know if it's the coach in Atlanta. I don't know if it's that quarterback. But somebody's on that hot seat. Kansas City, Atlanta needs to start doing something. They made it to a Super Bowl and got their ass whooped. With what we also thought was a superior team. Hmm. Matt Ryan's passes may be up. They lost that game 28 to 16. I can't believe that. But you know who took care of their business? As we speak of a team that they have talent, that's comparable to the Chargers. You know who the Chargers took, you know, took business against? The Raiders. I don't have faith in the Oakland Raiders. We said this. I don't have faith in any of the Oakland players. Oakland Raiders players. So let's just say what it is. We're not going to give the, the LA Chargers a lot of credit here. What they did is that they just handled business. They're supposed to be the team like that. They improved the 7-2. and two, The Raiders fall to 1-8. and eight. The Raiders are, are, pre are preparing for a rebuild in Vegas with a lot of picks so John Gooder could do his thing for the next nine years. But this year's a wash. Because he has time to do his thing. So you don't need people coming in there with bad habits that, that can't quite do what you do. I say like, hey, well, I'm kind of used to doing this. I'm kind of used to doing that. I don't know. You want shit done your way, and you don't need these talent loudmouths, you know? Listen, I, like somebody put in this perspective for me recently, and I was like, you know what? You know what? Maybe John Gruden ain't that mad. And not for nothing, there was a part of me that was wondering about this because you understand it has to be. You know, when you see things like this, you have to figure there's a method to the madness. Right, Ra Ra? You have to figure out there's a method to the madness. And that method or that madness could come from that, listen, if I, if I have 10 years to do this, I may just want to start from a clean palette. And also, it lets also everybody know. It lets everybody know from the beginning. Nobody is safe. I am here to do a job and I'm going to do it. It gives him that Bill Belichick like influence immediately. You cut your two best players because you know what? You are hell bound to doing shit your way. And if you don't want to work my system, if you're not going to play as hard as I want to, if you're not going to try to help me be successful here, then you can kick rocks. I'm not saying that Khalil Mack or the wide receiver that they let go were problem cases and not doing what they needed to do. And what I'm saying is he just wanted to make sure that 
there was nobody in the locker room that could trump his voice. And the only thing that can trump a head coach's voice in the locker room like that is the supreme talent. Regardless if they're quiet leaders, you can still make a loud impression by being quiet leaders. So we picked the LA Chargers to win that game, and they definitely beat the Oakland Raiders. They took care of business. But I'm, I'm interested to see what... Listen, at worst, at worst, the, the, the Raiders make you, in, make you actually want to watch their process or what's going to happen with them in the next couple of years. I mean, I want to watch them on the football field, but you're willing to at least start tuning in to what their process is going to be like. I am extremely excited with the Oakland Raiders right now. I mean, extremely excited about the Oakland Raiders. I was extremely excited about the Seattle Seahawks taking on the L.A. Rams. I thought the Seattle Seahawks was going to be a team to give the L.A. Rams their second loss. Boy, was I wrong. But you know what? The Seattle Seahawks did what the Seattle Seahawks do. Seattle Seahawks played them hard because this is a division rivalry game, right? This is a division rivalry game. And in a divisional rivalry game, you expect them to play hard, but more than anything else. More than anything else. We saw Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. Right, we saw Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson in this game. As, and, and I'll tell you why. Russell Wilson only passed for like 176 yards, right? But he ran for 92 yards. He was a second leading rusher on his team. He passed for three touchdowns, not for nothing. He passed for three touchdowns, but he was a second leading rusher on his team only behind, behind Rashad Penny, but 108. Jared Goff and those LA Rams, we always said that they had a bunch of talent on their team. They went off. Jared Goff, 318 yards. Todd Gurley, 120 yards, rushing, 40 yards, receiving. Cooks, 100 yards, even, receiving. That was the kind of name the L.A. Rams had. As they got back into L.A., they got back into their dome, and also they had just came off of a loss. They didn't want to take another one. They improved to 9-1. Seattle Seahawks fall to 4-5, and, and I see it now. You had the defense. Everybody was nice and young. You got, what was it, two Super Bowls out of it? Two Super Bowl appearances or three Super Bowl appearances or at least one Super Bowl or two appearances, right? And you had to pay your quarterback. Then you had to start paying defense and then things start to fall off. And now we're looking like, yo, Russell Wilson's getting paid, but we need to find ways to get all these players some money. Because we got to get Russell Wilson some help. Russell Wilson can't be doing it all, all the time. And Russell Wilson... Was, was all of a sudden now being overlooked like for all of the work that he does on this team because you know what? Something's happening there. Miami took on Green Bay. LA Rams won that game, 36-31, just to let you know. We was wrong on our picks, another one. But Miami took on Green Bay, and that boy A-Aaron, that boy A-Aaron went off. He had 145 Yards rushing and two touchdowns. A. A. Ron Jones balled for the Green Bay Packers. As they whooped up on the Miami Dolphins, which I was happy about. Because I needed some team in green that I like to beat the Miami Dolphins this year. They beat them 31 to 12. 31 to 12. It don't get no better than that from a Jets fan, believe it or not. Just we're going to finish this up before our next break. This break is coming at you fast. Dallas Cowboys takes care of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I 
believe the hype. Like, let's just put it that way. Like, don't believe the hype. Division games are division games. Pittsburgh tied with Cleveland because it was a division game. Division games are division games. Don't believe the hype. It's a rival. It's a divisional rival game. They won that game 27 to 20. Ezekiel Elliott rushes for 151 yards. You know, Carson Wentz passes for 360. You know, Zach Ertz puts up 145 yards. The only two touchdowns that 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 Wentz had end up going to Ertz. Don't believe the hype. Now, granted, both of these teams are four and five. So, who is really better than who? I'm gonna say that Philly is better than the Dallas Cowboys. Don't believe the hype of what happened with the Dallas Cowboys a while ago. But we have to remember, though, maybe we can. They got Amari Cooper. They got Ezekiel Elliott. They have Dak Prescott. You know, maybe this is it. They could be a nice little winning streak because who's on top again? Washington. With a record in six and three, you're not that far out. That's the reason why it hurts so bad. Oh, so you know who Dallas also don't have? Des Bryant. But you know who also doesn't have Des Bryant? The New Orleans Saints. We're gonna talk about that in a minute too. The Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are tied with a record of four and five. And they can both still win that division. Now, I told you that, that division leader has a record of six and three. Six and three. Not too far ahead. You know what I mean? But not not too far. Not that. Six and three is a respectable record, right? Like, the team isn't that far ahead, especially for more at this point in time, that you can't be caught. And so if you have a decent record, like if you have a 500 record at this point in time, you can catch the 6-3 and three team. You can catch them. If you're 4-5 and five or 5-4, five and four, you can catch them. They're still in striking distance. This is why I'm telling you, it has to really hurt being a Giants fan, where if you want to catch the Washington Redskins, like you may have to win out like six straight games and, and to get lucky enough to pull out an eight and eight season. But Giants, do you really want to come up with an eight and eight? Take it from a Jets fan. You don't want to finish eight and eight. You don't want to be this middle of the pack team. Because you know what eight and eight does? Eight and eight says, you know what? Maybe we could bring Eli Manning back for one more year. Maybe it's the scheming. Maybe it's experience. Maybe it's the maybe you know what I mean? You go on a run the end of this year. When you're playing the San Francisco 49ers and 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 the Tampa Bays of the world, you understand? Like when you're at this part of your schedule and you start winning games, I don't know if that is a path that you want to go down, making it seem like that you can win games because we've all seen it when games mattered early on. You can't now all of a sudden like we're supposed to be like, don't let this fool you. There's gonna be another one. The Giants beat the San Francisco 49ers so that the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers both can go to 2-8. and eight. But let's put this in perspective just a little bit. The San Francisco 49ers are playing with their third-string quarterback. 
against a New York Giants team that had their Hall of Fame quarterback, a guy a guy that's supposed to be a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, and a and a running back that looks so good. They think he's a future Hall of Fame running back. Already. How many games now of 100 straight yards? Already. They lost this game on a, on a last-second play. So don't get it twisted. The San Francisco 49ers, with their third-string quarterback, was in scoring position and had the opportunity to score if it wasn't for like say hey a bonehead play by a wide receiver that wanted to run sideways to try to get out of bounds instead of just getting down and so he, so he could get the clock mil milked you understand like a couple of bad plays like that but don't don't, don't, don't get it twisted giants fans are going to look at this real positively which they should because because the game ended in a real positive note two minute drive eli manning gets the ball the Giants are down 23-20. Can the future Hall of Famer come and bring their team back? Does he have that drive left in him against the San Francisco 49ers? The Giants come down. Get a decent return. Start the, you know what I mean? They, they pass the ball. They get... A uh, nine-yard play, then they get a false start, so they get so they move back. It's second and twenty. <laughs> you understand? Like every time they moved forward, they moved back. That that was the kind of show that went on with the New York Giants. That every time they went forward on that drive, they went back. It just so happened that they were playing a team that was bad enough that kept on, and they had enough time that they kept on going forward. That they went forward enough to eventually get the touchdown. Because you know this, you know what happened. Because and we're talking about it was bad plays on, on both sides. Where we're talking about while the Giants may have gotten like a couple of yards here and there, and then they, and they had some penalties. Well, the San Francisco 49ers on the other side were getting pass interference plays to help advance that ball. You understand that the New York Giants were able to advance that ball at least forty yards without even passing it. But they also gave that right back by getting false starts and <laughs> you know and holding calls and 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 other offensive deficiency plays so then when you give san francisco the ball back with 40 something seconds was it 43 seconds left 43 seconds left san francisco 49ers get the ball back and they put themselves in scoring position you understand the san francisco 49ers got into the red zone against the giants with 43 seconds left under the same formula where they will get a first down and then they will shoot themselves in the foot by getting a holding play. But then you know what would happen? The New York Giants would get gets called for pass interference. Or they get called with roughing the passer. You understand? And then next thing you know, the San Francisco 49ers are sitting there with a pass right down the middle. Three passes actually right down the middle. And now they're sitting in the goddamn now now they get a passer that's that's actually in the goddamn red zone. And their player, their wide receiver decides that he wants to go sideways instead of just dropping the drop it in. Start clocking this ball. San Francisco 49ers get the, get a shot with one second left. And their third-string rookie quarterback, whatever the hell he was, their third-string quarterback overthrows it. Not to, for nothing, San Francisco 49ers had a guy open underneath. They could have got the ball to probably like on the five-yard line. He may have mustered himself in, but you don't see that on the Hail Mary. He just kind of chucked one. 
That's what it took for the New York Giants to beat a team that had a two and eight record so that they can tie them. I'm sorry, had a two and seven record at the time. Just so the New York Giants can tie them because they had a one and eight record. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I know I sound a little angry. I'm not. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit of fantasy. A little bit, a little bit of fantasy. We're going to jump over to the NBA a little bit. We're going we to actually make our picks for this week. And, and, and. Who knows what else? But that and more. On the Mighty Sports Podcast. When we return. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. Your games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's, Nintendo systems, and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. Find millions of textbooks and solutions on the go. Marvel at how seamlessly it fits into your daily student activities. Walking through the quad, shopping for groceries, exercising, doing your laundry, dominating at the county fair, mashing down a black diamond, going for a sunset horseback ride, devouring Danielle Steele's latest page turner, feeding the bears, catching flying babies, letting loose with the gang, intergalactic lightsaber battle, saving an adorable puppy from a burning building, or simply in the classroom. Find textbooks, read e-textbooks, and get guided solutions, all in one place. Chegg, improving the college experience, however you decide to live it. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast to your host, Antonio Martel. If you're still listening, that means you're listening at the favorite place I love for you to listen at. And that's mytsports.net. That's mytsports.net. Or, no, no. If you never listened to the live show right now, that means hopefully taking the time out to replay the podcast. Still right here at MightySports.net. Oh, very randomly, every once in a while, 
I understand that you may be listening either on TuneIn Radio or you may have gone directly to the MixLR website. But number one place to listen to it because where you could get all of your content get everything that you need you get the pics you get the fantasy updates you get the podcast you get the live show you understand you get my events you get you get everything like 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 the like the fashion show we got going on this weekend you know what? oh no don't worry i gotta make sure i talk about this properly so just let you know we have a fashion show coming up later on and we're gonna make sure we get this proper due so stay tuned later on in the show to hear about the fashion show because you know what if you live in the local area, if you live in the local Coral Springs, Tamarack, this South Florida area, then guess what? The fashion show is free. So to find out more, I'll let you know. Find out more, I will let you know. So let's get into it because we're still talking NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Right? And if we're going to still talk about NFL, that means we, I still have my picks that we still need to do. So, this week, week 11, let's start it off in one place and one place first. We have... Six teams on a bye this week. So, also, you should already know what that means for you guys in fantasy football. Alright, look at your teams. But you know what? Luckily for you, luckily for you, these are six teams that a lot of people don't have a lot of players for. Ironically, basically, what I, like these six teams is what I call the bad marriage squad. Yes, I call us the fad, the bad marriage squad. Basically, you have five disappointments and a cheater. Yes, that is who is out this week in the NFL. I call this the bad marriage squad. Five disappointments and a cheater. You have the Buffalo Bills that are out. You have the Cleveland Browns that have a bye week. You have the Miami Dolphins that have a bye week. You have the New York Jets that have a bye week. You have the San Francisco 49ers that have a bye week. And you have the New England Patriots that have the bye week. Yes, folks, this is a bad marriage waiting to happen. You have five disappointments and a cheater. The only thing that kind of looks kind of sexy as positively winning may be in Miami, but you already know what we get in Miami. You get a lot of weed, you get a lot of cocaine, you get a lot of dysfunction, and you get some chick that likes to strip every once in a while. So the first game is gonna come up on Thursday night, which is tomorrow night, it's gonna be Green Bay versus Seattle. And we kind of already know how these games go, but we're gonna pick against the grain anyway. Because even though we feel like, you know what, Seattle is probably gonna make their bounce back game here, and make their stance here to bring to, to bring themselves to 500 and shoot Green Bay in the foot. I also think that Green Bay may slightly have the better team. And Green Bay does not want to go quietly into that night. I'm a pick Green Bay to go against the game, even though the away team doesn't do well in these in these games. And you heard Aaron Rodgers already complain that listen, man, these games these games are kind of tough. That normally by the time that let you know by the time he's just kind of feeling his body right, he has to go out and play a game. It kind of messes up his routine. He said, and you saw him choke about it. Something to bring up in the CBA. Oh. Le'Veon Bell waiting to sit out for a whole year. A bunch of disgruntled players. Aaron Rodgers now for a couple of years feeling like shit isn't right. And then him talking about, hey, maybe these Thursday games are something that we need to talk about in this next collective bargaining agreement. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm telling you it's going to be a lockout, 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 
telling you this is gonna be a locker and I and I and I I don't know why I want to see it, but I want to see it. I'm picking Green Bay to beat Seattle in this game. Next up, we have Tennessee versus Indiana, and I'm going to pick Indiana to be able to win at home. They should win at home against against Tennessee. Even though Tennessee just came back from beating New England, I don't see I don't see them beating Andrew Luck and in Indianapolis Colts. Next, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the New York Giants, and I look for Fitz Magic to shine under the bright lights of New York. Improve his team to four and six as the Giants fall to two and nine and further out of playoff contention for this year as they put themselves in position to get another high draft pick. Oh, maybe a quarterback, maybe a defensive player. Who knows? But we can guarantee that if it's this general manager, they are most likely to fuck it up. We could take that shit to the bank. <laughs> Next up we have Minnesota that's going to be taking on Chicago In Chicago I'm not going to lie I've been, This is one of those games I've kind of been deliberating about all week I've, I've waited as long as I possibly can to watch this And while I feel that Minnesota coming off of a bye Is going to look really really good and I know that Minnesota wholeheartedly knows how to play in cold weather temperature. It's something about Khalil Mack that in Chicago that I like. It's that middle linebacker thing that I like. You know, that, 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 ah, what is his name from the Baltimore Ravens? That Ray Lewis, you know, Brian Erlacher kind of thing. You know, that, that, that Lawrence Taylor kind of thing. It's just something about somebody in that position that can dominate from that position that I just kind of like. So, you know what? I'm not going to preach to you guys. I'm not going to go into church. I'm just going to say this game is five and th Minnesota is five and three. Chicago is six and three. I'm going to pick Chicago the whole court at home. Even though, I'm telling you, the deciding factor is that the fact that Minnesota's good coming off the bye. As we see the Toronto Raptors are up 62 now to 53 over the Detroit Pistons. That was on the second. Now let's see. That game is in the third quarter, 87 to 73. Um, Blake Griffin has 26 points. Kawhi Leonard has 19 points and 9 rebounds. As Milwaukee Bucks are down to the Grizzlies hard body that early on was 31 to 19. We're going to see if they continue to come back as they, as I'm watching the highlights now pass in front of me. 31 to 21 as you see the Greek feet do a spin move to put in to for a slam to put in for two. Now Grizzlies are down 30 or up 36 to 28 and now we're at the half and Grizzlies are only up 48 to 45 as you see the Milwaukee Bucks slowly slamming their way back into the game. Next up we see the Chicago Bills taking on the Boston Celtics. Early on the, Boston, the Chicago Bills hold the lead. 19 to 15 we see Kyrie Irving pulling the ball up he brings it up does a little spin moves puts his man to a blender puts the body into him take good gets a little contact and puts up a float and that ball goes in Chicago Bulls are now down 37 54 as we see a quick pass over the Jalen Brown on the baseline and he slams one in and now currently it stands in the fourth quarter we see the Boston Celtics up 92 to 74 and LeBron James now is doing shoot-arounds as they prepare for their game later on tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. Now, let's get back into our picks, folks. Philadelphia 76ers. Sorry, the Philadelphia Eagles. We were told the 76ers a little bit later. Philadelphia Eagles take it on the New Orleans Saints. And the New Orleans Saints, right, were ready to take on the defending champs. The New Orleans Saints were ready to... Not highlight, 
not showcase, not introduce, but reintroduce the world to Des Bryant this week. They were ready to bring him into their lineup. And Des Bryant, folks, Des Bryant, folks, tore his Achilles. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So now that opens up the door for Brandon Marshall for the New Orleans Saints. As they continue to look for additional passing options for that high-powered offense that they have. I'm going to pick New Orleans Saints to continue their high-powered winning streak. Improve to 9-1. The Philadelphia Eagles are falling, going to fall to 4-6. This is going to still be wide open because Washington may not win their game this week either. As the Washington Redskins, I don't want to call them, talk about that part of it, but Washington is taking on the 6-3. and three. The six and three Houston Texans. And I believe way more in the Houston Texans defense. Even against Washington. Against the consistency of Alex Smith. Against Adrian Peterson. Against that running game. That three-headed monster of a running game. Like I, I think it's, I think the Houston could really come on the road and go in there and take a game away from Washington. Which is really going to suck when Philadelphia can't improve their record to try to take advantage of it. The New York Giants won't be able to prove their record to take advantage of it. And the Dallas Cowboys won't be able to improve their record to take advantage of it. Yes, folks, I have all of the NFC East losing this week. I have Tampa Bay losing to the New York. I have Tampa Bay beating the New York Giants. I have the New Orleans Saints beating the Philadelphia 76ers. I have the Atlanta Hawks beating the Dallas Cowboys. Right? And I have the Houston Texans beating the Washington Redskins. All of that. I see happening. But I see Carolina exactly some revenge out on Detroit after being punched in the grill the way they were by Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't see that happening. I see Carolina going on the road, whooping up on Detroit. I don't know what that spread looks like, but I'm taking it. <laughs> I got Baltimore over Cincinnati. Once again, no A.J. Green. I just see that Cincinnati is going to continue to fall further and further down the thing as now they've raised um, their guard TJ Lang you know on IR with an injured neck they got rid of Golden Tate you know Carolina Panthers you know they've claimed you know running back Kenyon Barnier off waivers so yeah I expect Carolina to go on the road and beat Detroit I don't see Detroit putting up what he needs to I am going to say that the the dysfunction in Oakland is going to trump whatever's going on in Arizona. And Arizona is just going to win that game somehow. This is a, this, this is, this is me based. This is not, this is, this is, there are no statistics here. There's nothing smart here. It's not me thinking about any other win, quarterback, their defense, their It's me just judging Oakland strictly based off of their dysfunction. 
and saying that Arizona should be able to come, be able to overcome that even with a rookie quarterback and what's the name, Josh Rosen? I got the Clippers, not the Clippers, but the Chargers taking out the Denver, the Denver Broncos. Just, just have faith in that. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road and beating the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, as I told you already. Without any Lord Fournette, I don't know what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do. The Pittsburgh Steelers has, has way too many dynamic players on offense, and they're going to put up way too many points for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be able to keep up with that lethargic kind of offense that they have there that doesn't have Leonard Fournette, that can't control the pace, that can't, that, 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 that can't, Make you make you believe in the, in 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 the in the run pass option that doesn't make you believe in the play in the in the, in the, in, the, in in the play action and doesn't make you believe in the run the game. You understand? Without letter Fournette, there are three aspects of that offense that are completely taken away that you do not believe in, and you also don't believe in that goddamn quarterback Blake Bortles. Pittsburgh Steelers takes this one, and then we have the game of the night. Then we have all. Then we have the multi vest game of the evening. And man, can I tell you that Monday night game? That Monday night game, I may have to gather with the fellas to watch. I may listen, fellas, fellas, fellas. You guys listening? You guys watching the podcast? You listening? I want to go somewhere to watch this Monday night game together. This week's Monday night game, I'm hoping. It is as advertised with high-powered Kansas City Chiefs at 9-1, and one, taking on high-powered L.A. Rams. At, at, you understand? You understand what we talk about, that there are four teams that we believe have, have high-powered offense. If that's have, there are five teams that we believe have high-powered talent. We talk about Kansas City all the time, right? We've been talking about the L.A. Rams. We've, been, we've talked about the L.A. Chargers. We've talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we've talked about the Atlanta Falcons. We've, I'm sorry, New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons, six. We talked about six teams that we think has dynamic talent on all levels. Wide receivers, running backs, you, know, you understand, even tight ends to some extent. But we're talking about it's pure athletes, you know what I'm saying, quarterbacks. There's only one of those teams that's failing, that's Atlanta. You understand? It's only one of those teams that are failing. That's Atlanta. New Orleans Saints, 8-1. and one. Understand? The LA Chargers, 7-2. and two. Pittsburgh Steelers, 6-2-1. and, two and one. Kansas City Chiefs, 9-1. LA Rams, 9-1. Atlanta Falcons, 4-5. Granted, you know, there and there were people like Cam Newton. Yeah, six and three. You know, they're in the same conference as New Orleans. I get it. I understand. There's no excuse. You have that kind of high caliber talent. Something's got to give. And I think this is where the LA Rams take their second loss. Now, I know. I know I said this last week, right? I know I said this last week about the LA Rams. When I talked about them going up against the Seattle Seahawks. But I also warned you. I, I, I know. I know for a fact. I know for a fact that I wholeheartedly warned you. That.
was that the LA Rams were most likely not going to lose two games in a row. So as much as I thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to give them a really good game, I really thought a hard press if that they were going to lose two games in a row. And that's what happened. Now, do I believe that he could lose two out of their last three games? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. That's where I'm at right now. Who do I believe is going to get their second loss first? Is it going to be the New Orleans Saints, the Kansas City Chiefs, or the L.A. Rams? Well, New Orleans Saints are taking on Philly, so I have them taking on Philly. But Kansas City and L.A., they don't have a choice. One of them is going to have their second loss. One of them is going to fall behind. Now, the crazy thing about this is that they're in two completely different worlds. You know, you know, one in the NFC, the other one in the AFC. But the implications here is that Kansas City is still trying to make sure that guys like the LA Chargers, sorry, yeah, the LA Chargers don't catch up to them. A team that's in their same division, a team that's sitting with a record at 7-2, and two, and if they beat Denver, will improve to 8-2. and two. The last thing that the Kansas City Chiefs want to do is fall back to 9-2. I'm picking Andy Reid in Kansas City to beat this team. Because you know what? The LA Rams have somebody that you can pick on. The LA Rams have somebody that you can pick on. And if there's somebody that you can pick on, that means there's somebody that can be schemed against. And if there's somebody that can be schemed against, then I have faith that Andy Reid will find a way to make that dude barbecue chicken. Those are the week 11 picks. Nothing left, no more, no less. I'm telling you I find it weird about what's going on in, this, in, in the NFL, right? That's Brian is out. Like, I shouldn't find it. I find it weird. I find it funny about what's going on with them. But we got to let that pass. No, we still got some fantasy to talk about. We still got some fantasy to talk about because we're gonna talk about the fantasy top ten. Listen, we go. We, it's gonna be really brief for you, ladies. But we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk the best ten that you. We're gonna talk about the best ten that you could have had last week. We're gonna talk the best ten that you've had. That and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast when we return. Y'all play my shit, B. Come on down to XF Martial Arts where you'll be able to take part in learning all the disciplines you need to be an extreme freestyle martial arts machine. Whether it's Taekwondo, Karate, Yoga, Summer, Spring or Fall, XF Martial Arts has it all. For more information, class times and dates, don't wait. Go to XFMartialArts.com and reserve your spot today. That's XF Martial Arts located at 2875 South Congress Avenue, Suite D, Delray Beach, Florida, 33445. Or call 561-276-1774 and ask to speak with Sensei Cohen to reserve your free trial week. Just tell them Mighty Sports sent you. XF Martial Arts, where fun and discipline are one. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The game's called...
join this team to win championships or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. And with those words, I do want to wish I, uh, I do want to pay respect and wish a happy Veterans Day to all, you know to all my veterans and fellow servicemen of all countries around the world. Happy Veterans Day to all of you as, as Veterans Day passed over the last couple over this over the last time that we spoke over the weekend. Veterans Day was on the eleventh. The observance of it was two days ago on Monday. So as always, as you know, from one soldier to a next. I salute all of you. As Anthony Davis takes a hard spill, it looks like he has a little bit of a hard time coming up. He winced a little. So, we're going to get into what I know you guys want to get into. Because you keep hearing me talk about basketball in the back. I know you guys are like, hey, I think he's going to talk about basketball. I, th I thought you said he's going to talk about basketball. I think he's going to talk about basketball. So, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do for you guys? I'm going to talk about some basketball. We're going to talk about the... Butler trade. Butler trade. That happened over the week since the last time we spoke. Now listen to me. Listen to me and listen to me clearly. Clearly. That Jimmy Butler trade. I am completely shocked about it. I was not. I did not see that coming. Jimmy Butler gets traded to to the Philadelphia 76ers for Sarik Covington and some other nonsensical shit, I believe, right? And the number one thing here that I'm surprised about is that once again, I I I'm, we talked about this since the moment we heard about it. We talked about this, right? How do you have an offer on the table for four first round picks and not take it? What is better than that? Like, if you're Houston, I thought Houston was retorted from the beginning, B. But nah, this is on the table, and the Tim Wolves don't, don't, don't take it. Instead, you get. I'm not saying these guys are bad players, but I'm like, if you are truly looking like that, not only do you want to compete a little, but you want to rebuild, why not take the four first round picks? Once again, like, we don't think those picks are going to be high picks in the first year, in the third year. But we believe man, they may be high picks in the fifth year, in the seventh year. Right? Am, am I not mistaken? Like, to be honest with you, like, if Yuzik continues the way they're playing now, it's looking like that pick would have been a high pick. Well, they would have had Jimmy Butler. 
you understand? Like, without it, how things are right now for Houston, their current pick may be a high pick. So how they not pull that trigger on that team? How did they? How did? How did? The Minnesota Timberwolves not pull the trigger on that team so that they can acquire, so that the Houston Rockets, so the Houston Rockets can get Jimmy Butler a piece that was most likely the piece that they needed to win. Because you understand, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Because you understand, we're going to talk about the Houston Rockets in, in, in a minute. We, we're going to talk about the Houston Rockets in a minute. But first, before we talk about that, how do you let that, how do you let a deal like that pass away so that you can just pick up Sarek and Covington? Once again, I've talked about how bad we are. I'm just saying. Not only do, not only how do you let a f four first round picks go by and you only get Sarah Young, how does the rest of the league let Jimmy Butler go without trying after that then? Because you know who I'm looking at? You know who I'm looking at? Oh, honestly, I'm looking at Oklahoma City, to be honest with you again. I'm thinking that Oklahoma City should be should have been a team that we should have gotten him. They should have gotten over. They, they should have given um given up Robinson up for Jimmy Butler, Robinson and a draft pick, two draft picks for Robinson. You understand? They should have done that. That would have worked for me. You you would oh my goodness you understand the kind of defense that you would have had. I don't think you guys understand where, where Jimmy Butler ranks when it, when it, when it comes to steals or what he gets in the fat when he gets in the open court or what he gets on on, on, on cross court passes. You understand? You, you, you understand? I'm just gonna tell you what he basically is. Him, 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 and Paul George are damn near in the same category when it comes when it comes to that defensive efficiency. So could you imagine? Let's think. Let's go back and look at what they did last year together. If you would have had Russell Westbrook, who's kind of like nursing a knee injury from a dirty play from that point guard and wherever the fuck he's at, Beverly. So I'm not sure how the rest of the league let this go on by. Once again, I don't know how Eustace did not get him. Because you know what, Eustace, once again, as I'm coming back, Eustace could have used Jimmy Butler. Eustace could have used Jimmy Butler. Instead, they're using Melo as a scapegoat. For what's going on there? See, this is what I don't like. This is what this is why this is what I try to ask you guys last year. How is how is how is James Harden an MVP when he did nothing more than he did for the last two years? And what he did two years ago? Yes, look at. James Harden's numbers. James Harden's numbers have basically been the same thing for what it was last year, the year before that, and the year previous. For about those last three years, his numbers have basically been the same. Right? Last year, he was an MVP. But last year, his numbers were no different and no better than the numbers that Russell Westbrook put up the year before. Four when Russell Westbrook was an MVP. And also, once again, how did James Harden get talked into that, into that MVP talk a couple years in the year before that when he wasn't having better numbers again? So if your numbers weren't good enough to mention then, how did he become MVP? Because you want to know what? You want to know why we weren't talking about his numbers in that one year? Because his team was losing. So in a losing effort, in a losing effort, his team 
remember, we, we thought his team underperformed, and we made all kinds of excuses. So in a losing effort, his team under he puts up those same numbers. His team is his team is struggling. His team underperforms. We don't talk about it for MVP. The next year, he puts up those same exact numbers, and we don't talk about it for MVP again. And you know why? Because Russell Westbrook puts up a triple double. But then. Here comes James Harden putting up those same numbers, but now he gets Chris Paul. So Chris Paul helps with a lot of his deficiencies and helps. And Chris Paul is honestly the reason why that team was actually able to get back into that winning streak. And it, it also had a large part to do with, with, with getting a new coach in Dan Tony. You understand? Like, that's what really helped that. But no. And then, you know, yes, yeah, let's go back again. And Russell Westbrook again puts up a triple-double. Now, I'm bringing these numbers up for a reason because there's another scapegoat point guard that's, being, that, that's out there right now. And he puts up numbers that are capable, that are comparable to James Harden also for the last three years. But he is never really in these MVP talks. Never, ever. But yet James Harden actually wins MVP? We're going to talk, we, oh man, I'm telling you, y'all got me fezzed up early in the NBA season. Y'all got me fezzed up real, real, real early in this NBA season. Because I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what you guys have been watching. James Harden. It's put, it, it, and their team are doing horrible because this is what James Harden has been for the Houston Rockets now for a, for some time now he has literally been their poison but they want to use Camilla Anthony as a scapegoat for why the Houston Rockets aren't winning you understand Camilla Anthony is a scapegoat for the Houston Rockets to have this slow start Look at Houston Rockets for real, for real. Since they've had James Harden, look at them. Go back. I want you go back to the, to when to to, to to the last year. You understand? Like and, and 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 look at those numbers. And then look at the numbers that he had that that first that that year that Russell Westbrook won MVP. And then look at the numbers before and then look at his team record. You forget how bad they were. Very quickly, James Harden doing James Harden doing the same numbers for four straight years. And has never once improved his team. You know when his team improved? When they got Chris Paul. How about you take that to the bank? So Jimmy Butler is traded. The Houston Rockets don't get him. Even though they offered four first round picks. Now they're losing. And now Camilla Anthony is being made a scapegoat. Camilla Anthony is probably going to be out of there. You think? <laughs> and then we're going to see if this team gets better. And if I'm Camilla Anthony, if I'm Camilla Anthony, I go play with like, I go play with Golden State. I'm dead ass. If I'm Camilla Anthony, I go play with Golden State. I go and I come off the bench in Golden State and play the Swaggy P role. Whole, that's what that's what I do. If um, if um, him, I go to Golden and get a ring. That's what I'm talking about. Go get a ring. You're not gonna get a ring in LA. Don't go to LA. Don't you dare fucking go. Oh my God, Melo, you're my boy. You're my dude. I've loved I've, I've, I've loved you since, since since the moment you were in Syracuse. You know what I mean? I, I love you since the moment I saw you go up against. 
some high school kid that they interrupted my, my, my fucking game my game for you know named LeBaron. I you know what I mean like like I like I was like oh who's this guy I'm going to this LeBaron kid. You know what I mean? Like I like him. Fuck this LeBaron kid. He interrupted my next game for him. And what happened? What happened? This this guy Gordon LeBaron ended up going to Syracuse. A, a team that I like. He this this guy this guy that was Gordon LeBaron ends up being ends up winning a, Winning Syracuse their only championship as a rookie as he averages 20 points and 10 rebounds Yes, he did that win the only championship for Syracuse as a rookie Now you know how many rookies have to get together now to win national championships? Kelly Anthony was the only one on his team what was the only true guy like on his team that was born like that And then this same guy that was Gordon LeBaron goes to New York where LeBaron basically spit in the face of New York don't you dare go play for LA. If you go if you go play for an LA, then you go play for the Clippers. If not, then you go play for Golden State if you want to go stay in Cal. But don't go to LA. Don't go play for the Lakers. I'll be disappointed. Don't don't go to the LeBron. I wanna I wanna I wanna be able to watch you with a smile on my face. Even though I enjoy watching come on Anthony, I mean LeBron James in LA. Like I don't know how I'll feel about you in LA, but man, no, you know what? You in LA on that second unit with Michael Beasley and a bunch of other players. I can, I can get, I can see that actually. But go to Golden State. The reason I say go to Golden State because you'll guarantee yourself, you guarantee yourself a ring this year, and then nobody have shit to say to you. Then you can retire. I'm like, I'm serious. Get a ring this year. Then after that, you could go play in LA with LeBron if you want to go play in LA with LeBron. Because then what would happen is that you'll most likely get a ring then in your second and third year there. Like, I think the LA Lakers have put themselves to more being in a position to get a ring in, LA, in LeBron James' second year there, as we see a lot of turmoil happening in Golden State. Then he is in a position to be in his first year. And what do you mean by Golden and Golden State? There's turmoil in Golden State, Golden and Golden State. <laughs> There's turmoil in Golden State because we see it happening already with with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant beefing very recently. We see them beefing very, very recently on the court. And you see Kevin Durant like barking like yo this is why I'm out and you see Kevin Durant like if you see Draymond Green talking about like yo like 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 this is why your bitch ass always talking about leaving like you even gonna bounce then bounce uh, excuse me that's that lemonade you know if you know what I'm saying so Golden State is already looking like things are gonna change and I already told you this that I know for a fact that Kevin Durant at least wants to get as many rings as LeBron James before he moves on. Now, does he want to get more rings than LeBron James before he moves on from Golden State is a different question. Because we do know that he wants to leave. And I'm telling you something real funny. I'm going to tell you something real funny. Knicks fans. I know you think that Kevin Durant may come to New York. I'm not, I'm not counting on it at all. What if he goes to Milwaukee? You heard what he said about them. Yo, that team is has way too much length. Well, Kevin Durant has way too much length for what he does. And could you imagine a court that had Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton on it? Durantula with the Greek freak? And Mr. Miles High? Man, that will be something. So Knicks fans, because Knicks fans like to 
dwell in the unimaginable. Because they're, uh, they're almost as erratic as Jets fans. And, 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 I, and I realize that Knicks fans, that Jets fans are Knicks fans. Yes. So there's a lot of irrational fans out there. It's like I saw earlier and there was Knicks fans talking about, oh, the Knicks could possibly make that 7th, 8th seed of the playoffs. And I'm like, you guys got to be crazy. It's those same fans. I'm wondering, like, what did you expect from the Jets this season? Or what did you expect from Todd Bowles this season with the squad that you gave him with the Jets? Like, did you not expect the, some of these games to look really, really ugly? Like, hey, you understand? Like, I get mad because I do find some games that you should win. And I'm pretty sure those are the games that everybody gets upset about. But some of these games was, were going to look ugly. A lot of these games were going to be ugly. I'm not surprised of how the Jets look. Even though I come in here and, I, and I'm mad about them underperforming, I'm not surprised how the Jets look. The Jets were going to be horrific. When the when the New York Knicks don't make the playoffs and they have these some of these bad games, I'm not going to be surprised. Even though we got, we got Tim Hardaway Jr. damn near averaging 24 points per game. You understand, Kevin Knox is barely playing. And Christoph Porzingis has been, well, Kevin Knox is barely playing because he's had his own injury problems. And Christoph Porzingis still isn't supposed to be coming, so, still isn't scheduled to possibly come back to after the All-Star game. You understand? I don't care about Porzingis coming back, to be, to be completely honest with you, until... Maybe the last one for the season. And that's just so he can get some sea legs underneath him. You understand? That's so he can get a feel of the basketball court for a season. Kind of feel something, you know what I mean? And then he'll be playing against some teams, you know, against some teams that have nothing to play for. So it'll be some games that he may be able to get get his actually legs underneath him and put in some real work, you know what I mean? Inflated numbers work. And then he'll also be playing some teams that have something to play for and that is not going to take a game lightly. And he'll be able to get the best of both worlds late in the season. And not have any kind of pressure because the Knicks won't be going for anything and they won't be in position to try to get anything except for this monster coming out of Duke. Oh my goodness. What's his name? Zion Williamson? Oh man. I'm telling you, like I'm watching this New Orleans game, but that's only because I couldn't watch that Duke game a while ago. That's the only reason why I'm watching this game. Because I couldn't watch that Duke game just to see what this guy looks like again. Because I need to keep seeing it to believe it with my own eyes. And you understand? Like, it's one of those things like you've seen it once and you're like, it's possibly a fluke. You've seen it twice and you're like, I don't know. I want to see this all season to see if this is true. Because if it is, oh my goodness. We are talking about something special here in a big man. And we're coming and, and I and I mean this because it's right off of the era where we thought that the big man was dead because we got a lot of we we, we were getting a lot of unskilled big men that were just basically allowed to be in the league for being big until while we just got a bunch of them that got into the skill, you know, like they started blurring in the post game and now they just got in there because they were athletic and could swap shots but had no real now we're starting to get it all now. And it's amazing because listen, guys are like, yo, I have to be, I have to be more than just a shot blocker and a rebounder. Like, I gotta be able to shoot the ball. I have to be able to dribble the ball. I have to be able to shoot the three. I have to be able to pick and roll. I have to be able to pick and pop. I have to be able to walk the post. I have to be able to do it all. And the big man's are now seen that because what happened is that their skill sets were falling behind to the other guards. And and they also saying you can't just be big and doofy because if you're just some big doofy motherfucker, then guess what? I will. Oh. Ooh, I just see Adam's son, Enos Cantor. 
Ho ho ho. They're buddies, but he straight sunned him. Ho ho ho. That's going to be that's going to be one. That's going to be one right there. Man, that was a nasty play. Completely sunned him, dunked on him, embarrassed him, stonewall, stone faced, and just like turned his back and ran down the court. And Anus Kante just had a look on his face like, well, damn, B. Like, I ain't gonna be FaceTiming you after this game anymore. <laughs> so let's get back into the NBA. Because I, 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 I still owe a couple of apologies, right? I still, I still owe at least one guy an apology. The NBA is still in its infancy. That's why we're not, we're not going to get too much in there. That's usually why the NBA talk is still kind of to its minimum. The NBA season is still very much into its infancy. Like, we've barely, we've barely, barely, barely played 15 games in, in the NBA. So we've barely gone through the first quarter of the NBA. But we are starting to see how things shape up. Right? Last week, we talked about who a couple of the leaders were as far as in the division, right, in the conference. You know, this 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 week we'll take a quick early look, and I, and I do mean super quick early look, into some of these leaders already, some of these early leaders into the league because this these these are the, these are kind of the numbers that I that I really wanted you to see, because this is where I'm gonna tell you about another guard in the league that's put some similar numbers to to James Harden every single year for the last. Now four years now. Yeah, he doesn't get talked about an MVP. He isn't. He isn't given the oh, you know, the MVP sympathy that I that I, that I, I should say. But they are talking shit about him this year already. They definitely are. They are talking shit about him this year because you know what? Just like James Harden and his playing style, this guy and his playing style. This is very similar. Is not working and is not a functional to the team winning. But his numbers always look good. So let's take a look at some of these early numbers, right? In, in leading in points per game early on, Stephen Curry, 29.5 points per game. But Stephen Curry now is already out again with some kind of grown or hip injury. So that's not good. Stephen Curry continues. And we just saw a travel from Anthony Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, sorry. As Anthony Davis grabs a rebound, brings the ball up. Looks for the open man. Sets a pick. Sets a slip. Gets to the middle. Pops back out. Gets another pick. Rolls to the paint. The ball is dribbled around. Goes baseline. They reset the offense. Eight seconds left. And they take a contested three-point fadeaway shot. Minnesota's up 83-80. As listen, Minnesota was Minnesota was up like 15 points. So the fact that New Orleans has come back into this game is actually surprising. And I think Sarek just traveled. But let's get back into the NBA. These NBA stats. You see Stephen Curry leading leading all scorers early on with 29.5 points per game. Joel Embiid um, follows him with 28.2 points per game. Followed by Kevin Durant has 27.5. Then the Golden State Warriors have two, three, two of the top three scorers in the league. Leading in rebounds are, are probably three names that are consistently you will always hear there and consistently there all the time. We're gonna hear. About Andre Drummond, you're gonna hear about Hassan Whiteside, and we're gonna hear about DeAndre Jordan. Andre Drummond's putting up 16.6 rebounds, Whiteside 15.2, DeAndre Jordan 13.7. But DeAndre Jordan's having beef with his team though. 
You understand that they're saying that he's just hunting down, he's just hunting down boys, he's pushing out, he's pushing teammates away so he can get boards, and he's just basically glory hogging boards, whether they be off, not, not even really the offensive boards, but the defensive boards. And look, and it's looking like, and it's looking very early on, it's looking like very early on that the Dallas Mavericks may be regretting somebody that they have coveted and sought after for what the last three years now, two years now. This is that's interesting to me. And I think that DeAndre Jordan may be on the, is going to be on that market. Don't be surprised if DeAndre DeAndre Jordan is on that trading block market the moment he gets that opportunity. Leaders in assists so far, and we're going to start seeing the numbers I was talking about start playing this playing this role. But leaders in assist. Kyle Lowry, 11 assists a game. The only person averaging double-digit assists so far for the season. We see Drew Holiday with 9.2 assists per game. Followed by Russell Westbrook with 8.9 assists per game. Russell Westbrook has put up 24.1 points per game. Now, the guy that's going to follow him is the guy that I was, I'm going to talk about that has been scrutinized so far. And that is one. That is the only Mr. John to the window to the wall. John Wall is averaging 8.2 assist point game. He's also averaging 22.1 points per game. And now I want to say like, hey, I thought you said he's like, but no, these are where John Wall has been has been put up similar numbers to James Harden for some time now. But not just here. In steals, Chris Paul, 2.5 steals per game, right? Well, let me just tell you this. Paul George has 2.5 steals per game, which is really funny. Because it's Chris Paul with 2.5, Paul George <laughs> with also 2.5, and then you have Jimmy Butler with 2.4. This is why I said like Jimmy Butler would have felt would have done perfect in Oklahoma City. That is followed by James Harden with 2.3, followed by James John Wall with 2.2 steals. Believe it or not, John Wall and James Harden have been putting up similar numbers for some time now. And then in black in blocks, we have Hassan Whiteside, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee leading all leaders in block. And I, I told about JaVale McGee being one of the shot block leaders with averaging three blocks per game. What has recently happened in LA is, is freaking amazing, right? Because we see Tyson Chandler come back, right? <laughs> we see Tyson Chandler go and move over to LA, and automatically Tyson Chandler does what Tyson Chandler does. That Tyson Chandler on a veteran team that needs a guy that could, that could communicate, that can call out. Like, listen, Tyson Chandler is a better version of JaVale McGee. He's not more athletic than JaVale McGee. I don't think he is, not at all, but he's a way better version of JaVale McGee. He, he, his basketball IQ is better than JaVale McGee. He utilizes his body better. He finishes, he challenges shots better. He's just a smarter player, overall player than JaVale McGee. And from a defensive end, he knows how to be that defensive anchor from that side. And, 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 and that is very, very, very important when you're talking about a LeBron James-led team because he can't be the only one that's there. LeBron James, that's part of the reason why LeBron James got a lot of these playmakers and, and, and a lot of these guys that are kind of vocal because LeBron James wants communications. LeBron James wants to be able to use guys that, hey, on offense, they know how to talk the ball. On defense, you understand? Raja Rana knows how to talk a defensive position. You know, Chase and Chandler knows how to talk out of a defensive position. You understand? You talk about guys that communicate at all points of time, and they like to communicate from their position, not only often, not only so much offensively when it comes to switches, when it comes to traps, when it comes to rolls, but when it comes to defensive. These guys' basketball IQ is phenomenal, and that's what LeBron James has been surrounding himself so far in LA. It's not only just playmakers, but but playmakers that can 
communicate. Like who Michael Beasley is? Michael Beasley has to be a scorer. We got, but but look at some of these moves. It is it is really, it is really really incredible what's going on in in, in L.A. right now. And so I said like, listen, Camilla Anthony could go to L.A. I don't, I don't mind. I really don't mind to be honest with you. He can go there and he can be part of that bench that is Michael Beasley, JaVale McGee, Rajah Rondo, whatever it is, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, he could literally be a part of that, and it will be one hundred. But what Camilla Anthony should not be is a motherfucking scapegoat for the Houston Rockets sucking because James Harden is not the leader that he is meant out to be. I'm sorry. Like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, it's official. Like, I, 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 I've let it slide for possibly too long. I, I've let it, like, I talked about, like, early on. Four years now I've been talking about it. Like, you understand? I've been talking about this early on. We talked about that. Listen, James Harden may have been... May have been, may have been, may have been offended by what happened or uh, the position that he was going to get in Oklahoma City. But the money wasn't that far off. I think, I think they may have been asking him to come off the bench. If you do not forget, part of the reason why the Miami Heat beat the, beat the Oklahoma City Thunder so bad was partly because of James Harden's, not only his defense, but lack of being able to come through in the clutch. You forget how James Harden balled for fucking three quarters and then the fourth quarter came around in those playoffs games and he could not perform. That has been his pattern his whole entire career since he has gone to Houston and it gets overlooked. And I am tired of James Harden getting a pass for being a poor performer in clutch moments, but he keeps getting looked at as this goddamn all-star. But, but Kamala Anthony is the reason why the Houston Rockets can't win a game. Fuck out of here. We I don't even want to talk basketball anymore. We we're gonna go on we're gonna go into some quick bonus time. We're gonna go into some quick bonus time. And we're gonna quickly, quickly, very, 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 very quickly give you guys some quick fantasy football tips. Because you know what? You can't forget about that. Because this is for the fan this is this is for the fantasy. This is for the ladies. This is your part of the show. And I can't leave you guys out of this. And just to let you know all of this extra time. All of this extra time is brought to you by and paid for by Multivest Games. So let's get them their due and we'll come back to you. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. The games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's Nintendo systems and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's 
directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, $7.90 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. You're still your host. I'm still your host, Anatomy Taylor. You're still to be you should still be listening at MightySports.net. The only place where every single voice is my T. This Minnesota New Orleans game is continued. Ten minutes and thirty seconds left in the fourth quarter as Carl Anthony Towns rushes to the lane and he gets fouled hard. He gets spinned around and he falls down clutching his Arm, his sternum, something. Minnesota's up 85-81. <clears throat> so we're not quite done talking about basketball, even though I said that we may have been. And also, did I mention that Jacob DeGrom won the Cy Young Award? Yeah, that happened. He got hit in the head. Did he take a knee to the sternum? Body check. I think that was just his elbow. Oh, he banged it to his left arm. He probably gave him a stinger. Okay. That's what he was clutching. He was clutching his left arm. So, I know we talked about the turmoil that's going on in Golden State. And it's going on in Golden State. And let's get this straight. Because this argument happened very recently. And if you looked at the if you look at the play, you have to really evaluate the play. Because the narrative of the play makes it sound like Kevin Durant... Got mad because Draymond Green did not pass in the ball when he was open. Then Draymond Green turned the ball over, and that's how they lost the game. That's how they make it sound. But that's not quite how it happened. What we saw, what I saw, was Draymond Green grabbing a defensive rebound. Draymond Green doing what Draymond Green always does and pushing that ball up. Now, what happened on Kevin Durant's end is that instead of running down the court to try to get himself open or to try to help progress his offense, he's clapping for the ball behind the play. So as Draymond Green grabs the rebound, Kevin Durant is clapping for the ball. The moment as Draymond Green is passing half court, Kevin Durant is still in the backcourt clapping for the ball. When Draymond Green is in the goddamn paint, Kevin Durant hasn't even passed half court. To even now make himself put himself in a position to receive the ball. So he's asking for the ball. And yes, Draymond Green um, turns it over. But when Draymond Green draws four defenders and there should be an outlet to somebody open, you know what? Now you're playing four on five ball because Kevin Durant isn't even in the goddamn field of play. Yet Kevin Durant is wants to be mad at somebody. That's what I saw. And now Draymond Green is the one that got suspended because... Draymond Green is probably like me, where once he went off, he just kept on letting that shit fly. And and he just probably kept on going for the juggler, going for the juggler, going for the motherfucking juggler. Until, you know what, Kevin Durant just wanted to use his burner account to cry on. So I'm saying you Knicks fans, don't be surprised if he goes to, he goes to fucking... Giannis Antetokounmpo plays with Giannis Antetokounmpo because everything's all hunky-dory over there. Giannis is friendly. You know what I mean? Like, when he dunk, even when he dunks on people, he's like, oh, man. Oh, man. I, 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 he's a nice guy. I, I, I got to see him. I know his whole family. You know, so like when I first see him, I'm going to have to look at him sideways, you know. Like, so <laughs> that's Giannis. I can see that happening there. It's a small town. 
You understand? Like, the only big thing there is really Giannis. He's already been in small towns before in Oklahoma City. We'll see. I'm telling you. Don't be surprised if he goes to Milwaukee. So that's the play that starts the beef that is going to be the sparking point that we all reference, right? This, this is going to be the flashpoint that we all reference to Kevin Durant leaving, like really knowing that he's going to leave Golden State if he leaves Golden State this year. That's the moment in history. Now, before I completely switch over to fantasy for you guys, I told you every once in a while I have to I have to shoot out some apologies, and I do owe somebody an apology. And that one apology goes to a man named Derrick Rose. I can't remember if I if I apologized to him last week, but I do know I do owe apology to Derrick Rose, in a, in a way that because I have said some things about Derrick Rose that 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 right now do not apply to him. And the key operative word is right now. They do not apply to him. So even though I I, I kind of need to. Apologize to Derrick Rose. I really don't need to apologize to Derrick Rose. Because you know what? Derrick Rose had his career high now. <laughs> Put it up 50 points. And it is now for the first time that we are hearing Derrick Rose. No, let's get him his real side music. It is now that we're hearing, finally hearing Derrick Rose actually speak with some emotion. Like he actually likes the game of basketball. You understand? This is the first time we ever, if Derrick Rose had ever, ever in his career has spoken the way that he spoke after he dropped that 50 point game a while ago, maybe the narrative about Derrick Rose's whole entire career wouldn't be that, oh, Derrick Rose is a career. Derrick Rose is overrated. Derrick Rose is overhyped. Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose doesn't want to play basketball. All Derrick Rose cares about is really the money. Derrick Rose doesn't care about being on the team. Derrick Rose is unstable. Derrick Rose is, is emotionally imbalanced. All of that shit wouldn't have been said about Derrick Rose if Derrick Rose had talked like this his whole entire career. You understand? Because even I felt it. Even I felt it. Even when I heard his interview, I was like, oh, wow, I can feel the emotion that is erupting out of this guy that made me so much that I had to seek out and see it his damn self. So, yes, Derrick Rose scores 50 points, and I've said some hard shit about Derrick Rose. I have said that Michael Beasley is, is more valuable than Derrick Rose, and you know what? Up to the point yesterday, or whatever it was, that Derrick Rose scored 50 points, I still believe that Michael Beasley was the more valuable player up until that point of his career than Derrick Rose had been, because you know what? Michael Beasley has given more to the game on a consistent basis than Derrick Derrick Rose is just not coming back. But you know what? Derrick Rose's comeback is something to be appreciated. Derrick Rose's comeback is something to be highlighted. Derrick Rose's comeback is something to be talked about because it is kind of special to see Derrick Rose's comeback. It is kind of special. I'm excited to see Derrick Rose's comeback. And he gets to help this Minnesota team. A Minnesota team that finally looks like they can win a game and that the key and the, and the right guys can that, that they want to see highlighted can score with the absence of Jimmy Butler. As Jimmy Butler goes to Philly, folks. He goes to Philly, which puts a whole nother strain on Philly because I'm telling you, the teams in the in the in the in the west in the east right now are Toronto, Milwaukee, and Philly. <laughs> you understand? Sprinkle with some Boston in there, but these are the teams that are out there, that are out there competing for that top spot. So yeah, I apologize, Derrick Rose. Jimmy Butler is gonna help make Philly a, a contender, like seriously, because at least he can shoot some goddamn threes. But I know what you guys are saying. 
fan- I need to get back into the fantasy because without the fantasy portion of the show, then it's just kind of incomplete, isn't it? And I know that's what you guys really come here for. So without any further ado, I definitely will make sure I get to this fantasy. And I say it's going to be a brief section because you know what? I am going to tell you, ex- you know what? How about this? The Mighty Fantasy Football Tips. Not winning tips, just tips, tips, tips. Just the tip? Just the tip. Just the tip. Let's just say what I want involves much more than just the tips. Just the tips. What I want is much more than just the tips. Let's give you a tip. Let's give you the tip that you have waited all the way to the end for. Like, you understand? Like, we, you, you had this whole entire thing. There's been this all talk about it. And now at the end of the night, you finally at least get the opportunity to get the tip. Let's give you the tip that you deserve. And what that is, is that there are about 10, there were 10 players to highlight from this past week, right? All these players put up 25 plus points in fantasy football now granted there were a couple of people that put up 25 points but i didn't see 25 points i said 25 plus points so the guys that put up over 25 points in fantasy football last week and if you had these guys they balled for you coming in at number 10 of that list can I get a drum roll? Do I got a drum roll here? We don't have a drum roll this week? We got no drum roll this week. You know why? Because... Smoke weed every day. <laughs> so coming in at number 10. You have Russell Wilson. As I told you, Russell Wilson didn't do a lot. He had like three touchdowns. He had 90-something rushing yards. He had 178 passing yards. I think, I think, I think that's what I said about Russell Wilson. Is that not what I said about him? The Seattle Seahawks quarterback 176 yards passing 92 yards rushing three touchdowns 26 fantasy points if you had him in your, in your fantasy lineup last week then you then you put it you put in it time for you put in time for really you chose a really good time to put a guy, to put him in there, and I'm hoping the only reason why you put him in there because maybe that you had a bad matchup, maybe you had a couple of bad, maybe you had a couple of bye weeks, you know, your quarterback was on a bye and you needed somebody to perform real quick. But I doubt a lot of people would have put him in against the L.A. Rams. That is the problem. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that you guys did not take advantage of it, and and you guys may have just lost out on 26 easy points. Now most people would have had. I'm hoping Zach Ertz in their lineup as he put up 26 fantasy football points. Now, I'm one of those guys that had Zach Ertz in their lineup, and you know what I did? I forgot to put him in my lineup, and he sat on my bench and gave me 26 points as I sat there with a loss last week. Yep, it was one of those weeks. I told you about this guy. I told you about this guy last week from, um, from Green Bay. I already talked about him. This guy, A.A.Ron. This guy, A.A.Ron. This wide receiver, A.A.Ron. He put up 28 fantasy football points for Green Bay. I told you he showed out. I told you he showed his ass. I told you he went out to Miami and he was like, nah, I can party after I win. I'm not going to do what everybody is doing, party before I win. Following him, we have coming in at number, where we at now, number six? Number seven, Drew Brees. I had Drew Brees. Did you have Drew Brees? I had Drew Brees. Did you have Drew Brees? I had Drew Brees. Drew Brees put up 28 fantasy points in fantasy football last week. If you had Drew Brees in your win, then you should have been a winner. Then following him has was running back Duke 
Johnson from the Cleveland Browns, and he put up 29 fantasy football points. Another running back, who was the third running back on this list, just to let you know, Ezekiel Elliott put up 30, running 30 points. <laughs> yes, folks, Ezekiel Elliott put up 30 fantasy football points, and I'm telling you, he was the third running back on this list, and he is top five. He was a top five performer. I'm going to tell you something, there were no wide receivers on this list this week. None of them at all. Christian McCarthy comes in at running back number two with 31 fantasy football points for you guys. And leading all running backs and in number three as all scores of fantasy football this week. If you if you were small enough to pull head, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, whatever, Nick Chubb, you put him in and he gave you 32 fantasy points. But you know what? If you've been listening to me, then you didn't dare put anybody to do me because what did we say? Now, in quarterback number two, we have Mitchell Trubisky putting up 35 fantasy points, and he is only trumped very slightly, and I do mean very, very, very slightly, by quarterback number one, Ben Roethlisberger. So as we see here, both top 10 performers from last week end up being at least, what was that, three quarterbacks, five running backs, sorry, four quarterbacks, five running backs, and a tight end. That was last week. But we already know that that's not how things look in the grand scheme of things. We talked about that last week, of how that was. You know, we talked about it last week. Because last week, what was it? It was Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, Kareem Hunt, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, those were the guys that were in the tops. And Ben Roethlisberger making himself number one again. I guarantee you he still, he still stayed in the, the all-time top ten for this week. So don't get that twisted. That top ten is still very quarterback heavy. And it's, and it's probably going to remain that way. It's going to make me rethink everything for next year's fantasy football. I mean, now, if you want some honorary mentions, Tariq Hill had 25 points. You know, Allen Robinson had 25 points, and Mike Thomas had 19. Those are your top three, top three producing um, wide receivers. ODB also had 19 or some shit like that, I think. But those are, those were them. Those were them, and that is the show. I appreciate you guys listening. This has been the Mighty Sports Podcast. I have been your host, Alan Thomas Taylor. Once again, the only dude that you should know, the only host you know that has fire in his beard and thunder in his voice, making sure that every take stays mighty. All day long. Don't forget, we got some events coming up. Oh, man. I, I did forget. I did almost forget to let you guys know about the event. I did almost let you guys know about the event. So, you know what? Let's take the time. Let's take the time. Because it's time to make a change. We are the people who can do it. Hey, hey, hey. So, this is called the Lights camera action fashion show it is put on by my homeboy earn so come out and check it out it's on november 17th at 6 p.m at the sip paint smile right go to brightlightsceo at gmail.com for additional information it is at the address it is at it is at 8365 west sunrise boulevard that is right around the corner folks that is right around the corner not only in location but also in time frame. This is something that you should definitely go to, folks. 
If you have the opportunity, go to it. I'm sending out invites. I'm gonna I'm gonna blast it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna ask if all you guys want to go there because it's a free show and I think that you all should go there. Alright, it's been the Mighty Sports Podcast. I told you I wasn't gonna leave without letting you guys know. You want that information again? Do you want that information again? Okay, I'll give it to you one last time. It is the lights, camera, action, fashion show, hosted by Earn Burn. You're gonna see uh, you're gonna see several designers there. We're talking about Divine Adolescence, Kimoni Revolution, Civilized Jungle, and Car Designs, just like that, and more. It's a free event. It means that means that first come, first serve. Come in there, show the love. It's at eight six three five West Sunrise Boulevard from six p.m. to ten p.m. this Saturday. Trust me, it is must. Say you you listen. You have to you have to support entrepreneurs trying to do other big things. He's putting he started his own clothing line. Now he's putting on his first fashion show. I'm gonna be there. I gotta show my love. The whole entire Mighty Network is gonna be there. We're gonna show our love. We're gonna show support, and we're gonna talk about how it was right back here next week on the Mighty Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. That has been the show. You know, as I always say, as one hand wash the other, and both wash the face. I uh, you always you both have to con- ah. As one has watched the other and both watched the faces, we continue to this race at the top. That's that's basically meaning that we have to support each other like I'm trying to do with my homeboy Earn here. But do not forget, let the optimism of tomorrow be your foundation for today. My quote from Wale, I am out of here. Good night. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down, lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. Tired, baby. Tired. My tea!